I've been looking for a van like this. Yeah. Stolen. Not this colour, though. Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Australia's first and only dedicated masturbation and streetcar podcast. It's Simon Red River Thong Slappers, but on the line with me right now, I've got um, a pretty big guest. I've got David Freiberger from uh, from Roadkill and from uh, Hot Rod Magazine. Hey Dave, how are you, mate? Look, the most we have in common is we like crises, we have the same haircut and the same bad clothing taste. So, yeah. Who's this? Oh, for fuck's sake, I rang you, Simon. Yeah, mate. Sorry, you were close. No banana. <laughs> Simon Major, the skipper here at um, the Thong Slappers podcast. But um, how you going, Simon? Good, mate. Yourself? What's been happening with you? Are you all ready for the Christmas buzz? Oh, you know what? I love Christmas. I'm like, I'm the ultimate child. Like, I, I, I really enjoy Christmas. I enjoy the food, the stone fruit. I love presents. And let's <laughs> say that, you know, I've, I have had a fetish with elves. <laughs> Well, that doesn't surprise me one bit, actually. You know what's written on the wall? That's not just that. That's not just a rumor. Um, Simon, <laughs> I remember a while ago you started a Legends in Your Own Lunchtime, Legends in Your Own Lunchtime Facebook. So from that, we started the Moot Rockets, which is a bit of a throwback to the uh, Street Machine Readers Ride. So yeah, uh, today yeah. I want to do a very uh, important car. That's why I phoned you. I want to do Disturbia, which is of course your panel van. Thanks, mate. Yes, yes, my panel van, Valiant, 1977. Yeah, so that's a. Uh, I'll just give a bit of the backstory. When they featured that, was it May two thousand and fourteen? Uh oh shit! It was. It was actually January two thousand fourteen. So Come to think of it, it. Yeah, yeah, Henry Parry's FB was on the cover. Oh, that's mm. right. So, so when they featured that in Street Machine, I've got this massive problem where every car that's in Street Machine, I feel I need to send Telfer message and go, "Oh yeah, man, this is cool." Or that. so I sent Telfer <laughs> message and I went, "Man, I get it. This panel van, I get it." And so I sent it to him, and he obviously sent the email on to you. Yes, yeah. And put us in contact. I'm like, Simon, this thing is, I get it, mate. This is cool car, whatever. And then we just we started dating, e-dating. <laughs> dating, dating, not, not docking. docking. Dating, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that. But um, so just to, if anybody doesn't know what Disturbia is. How do you dock without a foreskin, though? Because we're old school. I've got a like, foreskin. I'm, I'm not from the tribe of oh. Israel. You know what they call oh, it at work, yeah. man? I, honestly, and anybody who's listening from work will tell you, they call it Mr. Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yeah, see, it's like the, uh, what was it? The sling bag, spring roll, something yeah, like that. that. See, it's always, it's always had the snip, hasn't it? Well, it's always had the, the chop. If, if I was to be circumcised, my dick would be four inches shorter, which, you know, <laughs> let's admit it, I don't really need that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. How does it always turn to cock and masturbation talk on this podcast? Uh, I don't know. Just because we're getting old doesn't mean we have to actually grow up or anything like that. So that's, I think, why. And it works for me. If it works for you, that's all that counts really, hey? Well, yeah, that's what I reckon. But um, for, for mm-hmm. people who are into streetcars and into the scene, I think it's very important. You and I have collaborated on something that was to do with the panel van guys for Street Machine Magazine, which is Australia's first and only dedicated Legacy Street Machine magazine, and I fucking love it, let's just say. Yes, yeah, anyway. me too. Yep. So can you just tell a bit of the story? Uh, you're obviously one of the historians. You, Matty Waters, are some of the guys that I lean on a bit for some history. Can you tell the story of the panel van guys? Okay. I guess the best place to start with that 
is, well, panel veining kind of became a subculture in the early 70s following, oh, geez, it's probably following, uh, for the most part, the custom scene. You know, like this Aussie custom scene with FJs and custom lines and all that stuff that sort of went through the 50s and into the 60s. And in the early 70s, panel vans just started to become, I guess, a lifestyle choice. I mean, you could be a tradie and have a panel van and then on the weekends just rip all the crap out of the back like all your tools and shit and then jump in and go for a surf trip or whatever you were going to do. So I guess it became a lifestyle thing that then exploded into being a big show thing as well, you know, with custom bands and it was just evolution from probably the 50s and 60s custom thing. You'll see Hot Rodders who were young guys in the 60s, a lot of their names will pop up as being panel van owners in the 70s and stuff like that. You know, it's kind of funny that people go through the different genres of car building, I suppose. And it's the same then. Some of the panel van guys from the late 70s and also the 80s then became big street machining icons. People like Rob Beecham, yeah, Greg Carlson, um, Wayne Pagel, like the three big Queensland hitters from the 80s. Also, oh, I've just had a mental blank. Mark Hayes. Yeah. yeah. Him, Victor Bright, perfect example. He was a young bloke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. How would um, Astle? Yeah, Another big one. He had the Magnum Force XC. That, that was his first car. car. Yeah. So a lot of those sort of big heavy hitters from the 80s in the street machine scene who were still around today doing stuff started off as panel van guys too. So it's kind of, I guess, that evolution too. Yeah. And, and, and in regards to the actual magazine, to the street machine magazine, the first few issues were oh, called, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like the Australian Hot Rodding Review, which was out, from I think the mid-60s, probably 65 or 66, right through to the late 70s, that kind of just was starting to fizzle out. And as a replacement for that, they actually, Australian Hot Rodding Review, kind of morphed into Van Wheels, which is a pretty loose magazine. Like, it didn't come out on time. Like, it wasn't like a quarterly release, like a publication. It would come out very haphazardly. I think through the 10 issues, it probably had 14 editors. It was just crazy. And a lot of the information and stories in there were actually chopped out of Wheels magazine too. And then from there, that kind of just started to die in the arse. But then Street Machine, as the Street Machine scene was, I guess, taking over from the panel banding scene, you'll know that some of the early Street Machine magazines actually featured van wheels on the masthead. It was like Street Machine and van wheels. And then eventually, after a few uh, few issues, the van wheels name disappeared altogether. Yeah, and that's how we end up with the Street Machine. And that's that's so important. That's I, I think I wrote something saying that, the panel van guys started this gangster shit. I deliberately left the word gangster because I didn't want it to sound like it was a fucking American or whatever. But it's it's so important for the for the guys that might be listening to this or the guys coming up behind us. That is what started the street machine scene. And the panel van guys were so clever. I've mentioned this before. They they honestly they were building cars with jigsaws and and wood. You know, and, yeah. and velour. Yeah. And as, as Adam Rogash or as Frank Marchese got fucking velour in his workshop or is he putting wood into his ex-wife today? <laughs> probably not. But if hey, you were if to you ask gangster him, with the S-T-A on the end, you probably would have been okay. I can't spell anyway. But if you were to ask <laughs> Frank Marchese or Adam Rogash, I'm sure, I'm sure they would know this story and they would know their heritage. They're very important guys in the scene and they're, they're doing great stuff. Yeah. And sure. I, I just like really we talked shit that happened 50 years ago, you know, 40 to 50 years ago, a lot of the panel band stuff. So been going for quite a while, yeah. 
Yeah, back when you were 11. <laughs> kidding. But it's just that's so... People are the ball guy. One thing I've always thought with the Thongstabbers podcast, we owe a little bit of a debt to tell this story. And the story and the panel band guys, that's very important to me. And so back to, back to the original story. When I seen Disturbia, I sent a tell. Mm. Like, I'm not a panel band guy. Like, I've, I've never owned one. I sent I sent Tell for message going. I get it. I see what this guy's doing. He goes, "Oh man, I sent that on a sign, man. Major, he'll he'll probably get a kick out of it." And then yeah, yeah. I started talking. I get what you were doing with the panel van sign. I'll get like if if I had my way, I'd build Rex Webster's FJ or HQ for you. I'd build them two cars right now exactly as a tribute. I wouldn't have to do anything more to them. I, and I get what you're trying to say when you built this Derby man. It's loud and clear. Eh? Do you get some some good feedback? I do. It's a funny, probably, oh, well, look, that car's been registered now for 10 years, right? I just paid the 10-year anniversary of its rego pretty much, like, recently. And the big thing is, when I first finished it, it got a lot more positive feedback than it does now because the car scene's changed so much in the last decade. Like, it's all about, you know, the whole thing, as soon as people refer to cars as classics, like in the street machine scene, we're fucked. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, yeah. you'll see it on the Street Machine Facebook page or any page. As soon as someone refers to a car as a classic, right, any modifications, it's just, yeah, it's killed off. So not so much like, it still gets lots of positive feedback, don't get me wrong. It gets positive feedback from people who get it and even some other people who don't get it. I find that it's very kind of our generation and older get it, no problems, some love it, some hate it, that's fine. I don't care if people hate it as long as they actually understand it. But I find younger people really like it too. Anything from kids through to, you know, early 20s, they, I don't know, I guess it's because it's kind of really weird. They love it, even though they don't really understand it. It's kind of the in-between couple of decades who just, uh, yeah, they don't understand it at all. So it really depends on the person and it depends on where it's posted and it depends on where I'm driving it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. It's all over the shop. <laughs> I guess something that's a bit remiss, we haven't actually discussed what it is. So it's a valiant panel van with murals and a Trans Am front end. So, I mean, if if that panel van, t- oh, I've been on car sales lately. I've been having a look at um, Just Cars and Unique Cars magazine. If that car had its original chrome bumper front end, you could sell yeah. it and buy St. Lucy, your, your lovely wife. You could buy her a fucking pink helicopter. I mean, the prices have gone nuts. So that's where some of yes. the classic guys would be going, what the fuck have you done? And you're like, I've done what the fuck I want because that's what custom is. Well, that's kind of it too. And I literally saved that car from being scrapped, right? So what's worse, it being squashed and never seen again or being built into a custom panel when that's not, you know, a restored sports pack or whatever else. So tides have really changed as far as panel vans go, whereas panel vans were always the epitome of individuality and customization and all the rest of it. These days, if it's not a Sandman restored to absolutely perfect or a replica Sandman, the general consensus is you're building it wrong. There are still lots of diehard van people, which is great, but for the general car population... If it's not a replica Sandman or a genuine yeah. Sandman all striped up and GDS wheels and the rest, which look cool, but there's more to vans than doing that. And that's what a lot of people in the modern day car scene don't understand or don't want to understand. Yeah, like it's a, a far bigger history, just like you're talking about, stressing back decades of individuality, modernization. It's an expression of yourself. Like that car is me as a person, you know what I mean? And I think that's where 
I don't know. A lot of people probably get lost a little bit with what the car scene's all about. I think in a lot of ways. There's a lot more to Disturbia and there's so many great stories and so many narratives, so I'm going to have to try and um, cherry pick. Here's one great story that I really love about this car and something that hits home to me. Can you tell people what happened to you when you were nine years old before you owned Disturbia? Tell them, please. So when I was a kid, I was madly into trucks. Like I loved, you know, Max, Kenworth, all that sort of stuff. But I also loved Chryslers and I loved cars. And my dad worked at Chrysler through the basically from 65 till as in 1965, through Mitsubishi, and he retired about 40 years later, right? So I knew Valiance, I love Valiance, and I was at the newsagents one day looking for the Truck and Life magazine, and there weren't, the new one wasn't released, but I saw custom vans and trucks. And because it had trucks in it, I thought, oh, that's kind of near enough to shoot us to swearing. So I picked up the magazine, but then when I opened it up, and saw how many panel vans are in there, and I love the murals. Like, I love the artwork, I love the murals, just how outlandish these things were. So that got me thinking, reading that magazine, I thought, right, well, I love Valiance, because we had, we were a Valiant family, like generations of Valiant owners. And I thought, right, I want to build a Valiant panel van. So I wrote a letter to Eddie Ford when I was nine. I outlined exactly what I wanted to do to this Valiant panel van, like, I wanted to do a Trans Am front, I wanted bubble windows, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. And that is actually pretty much the Serbia. There's not much that's different. I think the only real difference would be I wanted Chrome 12 slots on it originally because they were hugely popular at the time. And there's just a couple of other little things. But for the most part, it still is as per my nine-year-old letter. Yeah, so it got published. It got published in 1983. Yeah. The, the thing for me that touches home with that is I, I write to... Honestly, you know this, I write to six or ten different editors of magazines every month. So I write to them and I send all this stuff and I send them photos like motorcycle magazines, car, truck, bus, whatever. And it's just so cool that we have that link. Magazines are a journal of fashion. So if you go and get a Woman's Weekly from 1980 and you have a look at what, you know, um, Ida Buttrose was wearing or, you know. So it's actually magazines... They capture the time. They're a time capsule. And it's so cool that you sent... I remember one thing that you... I read that letter. You sent it to me. He said, I want to put yeah. a Mac Bulldog on it. Bro, I still oh, want to see it. That's Honestly, a trucky. I will, buy, yeah. Red will go fund it, man. If I send it to you, can you just put it on there for the photo just for me? <laughs> well, I kind of included that in that I bought a Mac Ashtray. Like, would have been from, I don't know, some head office for Mac. And it's actually got a bulldog and an ashtray, like a proper bonnet bulldog, but it's mounted as an ashtray. So I put that in the back of the van, it shows. So it still kind of has a connection. That is so cool. Another, like I say, there's, I could talk about this car. It's it's one of my favourite cars and I don't have to bullshit about that because you and I are pretty upfront about what we like and what we don't like. I love this car. But another story, uh, when you and I first started emailing, you sent me a story about, oh, this is when I built it, this is how I done it, and you sent me some photos. Yeah, man, I have to. I, I'm going to say this without a disclaimer because everybody knows, you know, this is what happened. When you sent me the photos before it was painted, Simon, I hated it. Seriously, if I had to come, <laughs> around, if if I had to come around to your house and you had this thing and it had like, you know, it was, it's in, you know, when an XBGT is in undercoat primer, it still looks like an yeah. XBGT. Disturbed, yeah, it had yeah. this Trans Am front end. It was like white and undercoat and everything, and I'm like. That is possibly, I'm like, if I was your mate, I'd come around and go, sign, mate, we need to chat, mate. <laughs> I'd say, you can't. But then when you put the colour on it, I'm like, well, when you got it painted, I'm like, 
one of my favourite cars. So to have that vision, um, we, we, Casey Johnston, remember we always speak about how he has that vision of cars. and how Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the other uh, narratives and stories with Disturbia. We're not seeing it in undercoat and primer. So I was already finished by the time you sent me the photos. But once I got the photos, I'm like, man, if I had have seen it, it doesn't work. The front end's too long. It's the wrong colour. It's the wrong shape. Bang, it's in colour. I'm like, oh, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a bit of a, 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 a um, story on how cars, if you know what you want and you stick to it, fuck everybody else. So. Look, that's pretty much what it comes down to at the end. you just got to build the car however the fuck you want it. You know, like, I don't know. No one, no one's going to go to their deathbed going, geez, I wish I'd done everything for everybody else but didn't do exactly what it was I wanted. Yeah, so like I said earlier, it's that whole thing. This is big from the 50s customizers. It's basically putting yourself out there in a car. Like, it's an extension of your personality, and that's really what it comes down to for me. Yeah, and it's a throwback to what I loved as a kid growing up. Like, I used to go to panel band shows as a kid, and it's, it's all about that. It's like the journey of your life, basically, in a car. Yeah. Well, you and I um, and Benny Hewlett have a little brother, and his name's uh, Matty Waters. Mm. And he's a panel van guy. How much? Like, I love Disturbia. Like, I would, if I won the Powerball, you and I would be having a different conversation right now. They'd be like, like I said, be buying St. Lucia fucking helicopter. But Matty absolutely loves, oh, he's so passionate when he talks about it, man. He's like, Man, I love that car. So he's so it's encouraged him to he's build Mr. Mullet. He's building his own HQ uh, panel van. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. That thing's coming along really well. And for a young guy, he fucking knows what he's talking about. Like he knows the styling cues. He knows how he wants it to look. You know what I mean? It's not going to look like a dog's breakfast build. It's going to be era correct, era perfect. So because he's got that experience. So even as a young guy. But he just knows. He knows shit and he remembers what works and what doesn't and what was true to the ear and what wasn't. And, like, he's got a one-piece lift-up door and that and everything. Like, it's going to be cool. Cool ass. I think we've gone about this a little bit backwards. Can you tell us about Disturbia, like your specs? Because I'm sure anybody who's listening to this knows what Disturbia is, but can we just talk about the actual car? I, f- I forgot about that. I should have done this first time. And my apologies, apologies to anybody. But um, Look, tell us pretty, about the car. Pretty much. I bought it back in... Shit. Oh, man. I bought it back in 2005, right? What it was, I just bought a house. I had no money left. And this Valiant van came up for sale down the Gold Coast for like $499. It was either going to get basically sold as is or they were going to take the parts off like the tailgates and a few other bits and scrap the rest because it had a bit of rust and stuff. So I just jumped on it, bought a sight unseen, had a tow back from the Gold Coast, and it pretty much sat in my backyard kind of like a pre-blue crush so what it is under all the freaking bells and whistles and shit it's actually a 1977 factory sports pack valiant panel van so the one in between the tradesman and the drifter factory v8 manual it's stellar blue which is a beautiful metallic blue color but the thing it didn't have an engine or it actually had a hemi six and it been converted to a six cylinder no gearbox basically all the seats were missing all the stuff that made it a sports pack was basically missing so it was a blank canvas as far as i was concerned so what i then did was i bought a cl valiant regal which had been hit up the ass and written off so i bought that for all the running gear the v8 the automatic all that sort of stuff so from those two cars, I kind of pieced together one car. So as it is now, 
is a threadine. It's got a 904 torque five. It's still got a ball worn a diff and three, four, five gears and that sort of thing in it. So, look, mechanically, it's pretty stock. Like, I really didn't want to worry about having a mega horsepower car. Like, it's a fairly stock cruiser, really, under all that, you know, razzmatazz stuff. So that's pretty much it, like interior-wise too, like in the front. That's pretty much the stock interior. It's just all the outside and the bodywork and the rear interior, which is kind of where all the action is with that thing. Yeah. It's um, How's that burnout photo in Street Machine Magazine that's just smashing it, eh? I remember you telling me, like, oh, yeah, I'll see if it'll smoke up, and you just done that. That's a cool photo. It's a tough shot right there. Oh, look, I thought if there's ever an opportunity to get this thing going – is now and I just I just like I gave it the bejesus because I knew being a pretty stock engine with two seven five sixty fifteens on the back I was gonna have to really give it give it its all. So you know what? It fried up really easy and it just freaking smoked big time. And I just kept into it. I reckon I wore like five mil off the tires from doing that. But it was completely worth it. So yeah, just to have those photos of it. Doing a massive burnout is awesome. I know. Yeah. Does your car have an Atari, Simon? <laughs> it does, yes. <laughs> yeah, Atari 2600. Guilty. <laughs> Again, fitting to the era. That's what it's all about. Um, there's, there's a question that I need to ask you that's on everybody's lips. So sorry, man, I'm going to have to do this. Have you had a bonk, yeah. have you had a bonk in it? Of course. <laughs> Perfect. That's a question everybody Just never wants to summer. Ask. It's too fucking hot. Never in summer. It's too hot, but winter, go, if you, go your hardest, pardon the pun. <laughs> oh, when I got kicked out of your house that night for being drunk, I had to sleep in it. So, yeah, I've had to sleep in Disturbia. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Blue Crush is yours, mate. Oh, Blue Crush, yeah. I have had a bonk, but it was with, but it was with myself. <laughs> <laughs> that still counts. That's all right. I hope so. Otherwise, my sex life has been, like, terrible. But, um... No, really uh, interesting car with, with some throwbacks back to, to some panel van guys, back to the magazine, back to you writing the letter. And it's just so so unique. And honestly, I would buy it or I'd get one built tomorrow. The murals on it, can you tell us a bit about the murals? Well, pretty much. Uh, the murals on that, there's a guy who does a lot of tattoo work and airbrush work in Brisbane called Little Mick. And he's been doing this for decades. He would actually airbrush and do stuff at, at hot rod shows and car shows and band shows. And I actually used to watch him airbrush when I was a kid. So when it came time to actually do the mural work, I just got in contact with him and said, hey, mate, look, this is what I've got. This is what I'm doing. Would you be interested in airbrushing it? And he jumped at the chance. He was like, mate, I haven't airbrushed a panel van in over 20 years. He goes, it would be like a pleasure to do it. So... What I got him to do was airbrush both sides of the van with, like, my favourite panel vans from when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like Alley Cat, which had the Jag V12. There's Innovisions is on there. Uh, van Rat, which was Steve Abbott's van with a big block Chev and all these sorts of vans that, as a kid growing up, I just loved, you know, way too much. So I just got him to airbrush those. And, that, again, that ties into the whole journey of the panel van thing, you know, and on one of the sides of the vans... It's got the fans almost coming off the pages of Custom Vans and Trucks magazine, which again throws back to my letter and that sort of thing. So it's all just to try and tie it all into one big life influence, I suppose, and and the end result of that being the build of the van, yeah. So it kind of tells its own story. Seriously, murals are something that's so underdone at the moment. Um, there's, a, there's a car, uh, I was lucky enough to get an invite to, to judge best car at one of the local car shows, and 
I put down the Lone Ranger. It's a HQ ute up here with a 253. Mm. Seriously, it's got a thong slapper and a 253. And on the rear tailgate of the ute, it's a WV or a HQ, he's got the Lone Ranger airbrushed on there. And I went, done, straight away. A mural yeah. is such a cool thing for a car. Even, you know, if you've got a club sport, man, you can get fucking Angus Young or you can get, um, you know, the diggers on there. You can get... Definitely. Again, it's just... Not only all, it is a fad, I suppose. I mean, you look at Auto Salon, when that came through, like the sex spec era of the early 2000s, everything was muralled again. Uh, you think back to that. Remember that yellow Tirana hatch, Anaconda? That was all airbrushed. And still for sale on unique cars. Yeah, yeah, well, there you go. Like, it just is that whole era and what goes through as like fads and fashion. But the good thing with panel vans is murals and panel vans go together like, you know, Forrest and Jenny. It's that whole thing of... That's, That's almost like the ultimate canvas to have murals on is a panel van. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think I speak for everybody in the whole community and the whole streetcar thing that a naked airbrush of Redmond on Mr. Dodgy Scott's car, that, that's got to be done, man. Like, seriously, <laughs> I think I speak for everybody when I think we should, shouldn't we? Like, tell me I'm wrong. Nobody's going to say, no, you're wrong. My little Mr. Snuffleupagus hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I love I'd it. Definitely like to see some airbrush come back. Like the guys, the um, mm. the, the chopper guys and the the motorcycle guys, they're still yeah, it's, 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 it's still because you know a fuel tank cost you know a fuel tank on a bike it's it's, it's a nine hundred dollar job to get a really Mickey Mouse thing on there and it makes so them guys are still right into it. Yeah, for sure. But definitely yeah, goes well with that culture. For yeah, for some for some cars to uh, to have a bit more airbrush. Mm. Right, Simon. Well, that's uh, that's thirty minutes of you. Do you want to wrap up with any more disturbing stuff? Well, actually, you've also got Mister Juicy, which is a pretty cool panel van, I must say. Yes, uh, that's the well. It was the daily driver. It still does heaps of daily use. It's just not an everyday daily driver anymore. But yeah, mate, I did everything on that panel van that I wanted to do to Serbia, but couldn't. So you know what I mean. I've got to use all my other ideas for like a tough street van onto Mr. Juicy. Yeah. Um, I just think uh, I want. I just want to finish off with some some narrative around how I hope that everybody knows how important the panel van guys are. To, they're important to me, and um, how and I'm not and I'm not a panel van guy. But I hope people know how important the panel van scene is to the streetcar scene. We wouldn't have these wheel tub blue meanies with the supercharged LSs. They wouldn't exist if we didn't have the 253 HQs with an airbrush tailgate. They just wouldn't. I'm sorry. You, you, you. Yeah, it's just evolution of the scene. You yeah, know? They, I, and I like them both. I love them both. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, Makes sense. Oh, it's pretty funny. I said, oh, Simon, I want to do a, a podcast for a moot rocket. And you're like, yeah, mate, who? And I said, oh, how about you? And you're like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably do that. And I told Maddie, man, I'll tell you one person that's sitting on the edge of his chair is Maddie Waters. He has texted me, he's rang me, he's like, he, he does love uh, disturbing me. It's that why, but yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> how, was, how was the street, street Machine guys' reaction? Did they pick up the, 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 the link between where we've been and where we are? Did, did Telf and um, probably set out at the time? And, and, Mate, and, they're. They are more over it than most people. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course no question. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's impossible not to be. Yeah, I want to see more 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 panel vans. Really, I love them. And yeah, you can you can build the panel vans with the, the bits and pieces, but it's got to have velour interior. It's got to have wood. It's got to have a fucking uh, Atari. <laughs> it's got to have a bar. What's your favorite panel van? So I'm all time one favorite panel van. Tell me. Okay, okay. it's, it's going to be, be all right. I'm, I'm going to just say it. 
third build XX308 Holden panel van. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, Simon, we've done this uh, with the release of the Street Machines Legend Volume Two, which Disturbia is featured in. Correct. I know. Talk about a scene out. That was a well, very well kept secret. If you guys want to run out and grab that book, it should be on your on shelf of any decent streetcar guy's uh, library. But yeah, you can get it online at the Street Machine website, like their their shop. It's also available through their Facebook page. I think Big W was stocking it too, just in time for Christmas. So, you know, there's 60 awesome cars in there from the last 20 years, as in 2000 to 2020, pretty much. So, yeah, total, blow me away, total honour, just speechless that, I don't know, I didn't know what to say. Like, my dad's like, wow, he was more speechless than I was, I think. So, he can believe it. Completely and utterly stoked. Yeah. Speechless is so. not something that I equate you with. <laughs> something that I'd like to do, Simon, is a panel van podcast. If, if you're keen and if the moots want to hear it, maybe they don't, I don't know. Let's do a um a full panel van uh, podcast. Let's just do one where we talk about just the panel van scene. So we can capture it. Like I say, it's a journal. And, and we talk about the whole panel van scene, where it come from. You're obviously passionate about it. I'm, I, I enjoy it. Let's, let's do that. Oh, yeah, I'll send you some research literature. You'll just be stoked. You're going to send me a cock shot, aren't you? (laughs) Of your own, back to you. You probably won't even recognise it. (laughs) I'm sorry, Andrew Broadley, for so many cock shots, but it is what it is. He's going to, honestly, he's going to set fire to my house one day. The cop's going to go, oh, mate, do you know who it wasn't? Yeah, I think it was the editor of Street Machine. I sent him a few cock photos. And they're going to say, well, you mate, you probably deserved it. They will. The insurance company go, sorry, man, we can't pay your dick is really ugly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, so I'm out. Well, this has been really fun, mate, and I wanted to. The, you, you know that I've wanted to do this Disturbia podcast for a long time, so this makes yeah, me sure. feel good. Yeah, and, big um, time. It's been fun. Oh, it's always fun. fun. Let's, Let's be honest. honest. It is. It is always fun. Um, big thank you to everybody who gets behind us, and um, also Brett uh, Abraham at Car Thirty Five. He's a guy that we support through the New South Wales Variety Bash Car. If you've got one dollar seventy five, so the price of a Bubble Bill in nineteen eighty seven, can you donate it to Brett? And I will not send you a naked photo. <laughs> it's it's like it, a bad deal to me. If you donate one dollar, you're getting a cock shot. <laughs> Right, so I'm able. Do you reckon we should uh, we should wrap this up? And thank you very much yeah, for, for telling everybody no. about Disturbia. It's a very important car, and we really love it. Jeez, mate. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate, I appreciate the interest, interest and from people out there too. too. No, it's cool. It's great. And, and like, like I said, said having that book is just yeah. You know, like I'm always, I'm just like the ultimate fanboy to so many street machining legends. You know, like whether it be John Strawn who built Alley Cat, whether it be you know, your Greg Carlson's or Wayne Pagels, like I speak to these guys that do stories on them, I interview them, and they're talking to me and I'm like, my name's Feynman. You know, like I just am just completely useless. So to kind of be doing stuff like them, it's like it doesn't seem real. It's weird. It's a really weird feeling. So, yeah, I don't really know what to say, to be honest. No, it's a good touch point. That's for sure. It ties in with what we try to do. You know, we try to... Bring some of the history back to the streetcar scene. You know, um, we all love Street Machine magazine, and to have your car. Yeah. I, was, I was talking to uh, Chris Coit. I put his car into a magazine, not Street Machine, but it was, and he was like, "Man, it's so exciting to see your car in there." And it kind of is, isn't it? It's like there's no reason why we can't celebrate history and look back on magazines and and, and different eras and in lots of things, like not just cars, but anything that people oh, are into. Right. If, if Dead said if Street Machine put the Titanic on the cover, I'd go, "Fuck, that's a cool car." <laughs> <laughs> he, he must have hit an iceberg, iceberg tipping it in. 
So, get Lynchy to drive that fucking Titanic and the people would have got home. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I'm out. Well, I might um, pack it up, man. I'm going to have a shower and, and have a bit of a wash up. But um, will you please give my love to your beautiful wife, Lucy, and all your, your people at home? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do, do, mate. Thanks. Thanks. I, I hope, hope you keep them well. well. And hi to everyone out there, too. Thank you very much, all you mutts. How can you call these people mutts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, brother. Awesome. Cool, mate. I'll chat to you later. They said you'd never make it. Surfing's more your game. And your golf is too erratic. You'd better stick to riding waves. They said you'd never make it. It seems their words were true. It must have been heartbreaking when you knew what you could do. They said you'd never make it, but you finally came through. For all of you who've made it, this one's made for you. Made for you. This one's made for you. You've made it through, and this one's made for you.